Welcome to the Scuffed Podcast. I'm Adam Bells in Minneapolis. With me is Greg Velasquez in Des Moines. We talk about U.S. men's soccer. Hello, everyone. The Americans faced a very good French U-20 side on Tuesday in Poland at the U-20 World Cup, and they came out with an historic, at least by youth national team standards, victory, 3-2. Joining me to break it down this afternoon is Franco Panizzo, a New York-based reporter who covers the U.S., MNT, MLS, and all things American soccer for SBISoccer.com and other outlets. He's been writing about the U-20 World Cup from a U.S. perspective. Franco, thanks for joining me. Hey, man. Thanks for, for having me on. Absolutely. I you caught my attention last fall. I went to the I went to the post game press conference with Dave Sarakin after the Brazil friendly where we lost two zero and I swear you were the only reporter there who asked a tactical question of Sarakin. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> I actually uh Yeah, yeah, I do I actually do remember remember that. Um I, I remember the question. I don't remember what uh, he said in response. I remember it was more about. I think it was something he said earlier in the press conference that stuck out to me, and I was like, okay, well, you know, it, given your formation, what was the the game plan to actually uh, do some damage on Brazil and attack Brazil? Like, what was the what was your game plan to break them down? That's right. Um, I think it was with the given their three man midfield. I think it was what I when I asked like they had I think three holding midfielders um, playing in that match. Um, so I, I just thought it was uh, something that was pertinent to, to the game and uh i think i think his answer was was okay uh, i think he he if i remember correctly his part of his response was that there was no uh no no real striker after josie in, in the pipeline or or in the pool at that moment so um maybe not pipeline but in the pool so i think that was part of his response but yeah yeah i, I do remember that i do remember T- time flies though it's almost we're closing in on the year on that i guess yeah it feels like longer ago than that he he uh part of his answer was i don't want to be too uh, detailed and about tactics. Oh yeah, and I was like, "Come yeah, on!" And I was like, in my head, I was like, "Please, yeah, yeah." yeah well, anyway, that. keep. I was just like, "Come on!" Like, I mean, that's the whole point. Yeah, keep fighting the good fight. Appreciate your appreciate that about you that you would ask a question about tactics there. So, before we talk about Tab's lineup, let's briefly discuss what what you were expecting coming into this match. What did we learn from the first three games? of the U-20 World Cup, and what did that dictate, in your yeah. opinion, for today's match? I, I thought the team showed a mixed bag in, in the group stage. Um, I thought they played well against Ukraine um, and moved the ball well. They didn't create a bunch of chances, but I thought they they showed well uh, in terms of keeping the ball and moving the ball. Um, and then, obviously, they had a couple of defensive issues there, and that cost them that game. Um, and then in the second game against Nigeria, uh, they again looked well, scored a couple goals, but didn't create a whole lot from the run of play. Um, yeah. And then against Qatar, I thought that was their worst game up up until today. I thought Qatar was just not a good performance at all. Um, but they did find the goal, uh, thanks to you know Tim Weah's brilliance on the ball uh, and his nutmeg cutback, which was superb. Um, yeah. So it was just a mixed bag for me in, in terms of the group stage. The team clearly is more capable than maybe recent iterations of U20 teams uh, US, as far as U.S. is concerned um, in terms of being able to keep the ball, move the ball, play quick combination passes, uh, and, and just feel comfortable and, and smooth on the ball. Um, but defensively, there were question marks. Um, 
I think in the first half of today's game, which I guess we can get into in a little bit, I think we saw a little bit more of, of some question marks back there defensively. Um, but I, I thought coming in today that they were going to have to have a better performance overall to get a result um, than they did against Qatar. I think the performance was not great today, um, but they got the result in the end thanks to um, you know the, the good substitutes that, that Ty Ramos made, good thanks to their mentality and, and never say die attitude they didn't seem shocked or or you know they didn't seem like they were out of it when it was two to one in favor of friends they they kind of stuck with it um now again the performance for me leaves a lot to be desired um but the result obviously is, is great and, and they move on yeah right i mean to a certain extent we were always going to be overmatched right it's uh right it's a team that a team that's on a level of experience and depth of talent a nation that's on a depth of talent that we can't match. But let's talk about uh, – so, I mean, those mis- those that mixed bag of the group stage, was there anything you were hoping to see from mm-hmm. the lineup today that um, – but, you know, before we talk about the actual lineup, like what were you hoping to see? Who were you hoping yeah. to see in which spots? I think, I think what we saw um, was what you could expect. I think that's what – I more or less expected from Tab, just given the personnel and given what he's shown in the group stage. I think this was more or less the best team you could get out there um, based off what he had available. Um, so I, I, not, I wasn't surprised by anything that he, that he did today. I mean, the only question mark that maybe I, where I was kind of like, all right, like maybe that's a change I would make if I were head coach is um, Brady Scott instead of uh, Ochoa. I like Ochoa's aggressiveness off his line and his ability to just uh, – read the game a little bit better. Uh, I thought I saw a lot of good qualities in that against Qatar. Obviously, yep. he has the one huge save that, that you know, keeps Qatar from going out in front. I think I've seen Brady Scott. He's obviously done well in terms of uh, keeping balls out of the back of the net uh, over the last two games. Oh, so, sorry, over the, the first, the, the second game. Yeah. Um, and he shows, you know, he's got, he, he can, he can make, he can shot, stop shots. He's a shot stopper. But yeah. I don't know if his reading of the game is, is, um, is that all that great, or if, and if he's that sure of the decisions he makes um, when he does make them, based off what I've seen so far in, in these three games, I, I think Ochoa showed a little more uh, sh- sureness and, and certainty in, in the decisions he took. Which is one thing maybe I would change if I if I were going forward. I think we, but that's that's just personal preference. Um, but overall, yeah. I thought this lineup was was a, was about what you could expect. Yeah, I agree with you on Ochoa versus Scott. I mean, with the caveat that it's a very small sample size for both goalkeepers, and you know, I, I, I don't get for to sure. watch a lot of Cole two games. Um, I thought Ochoa was outstanding against Qatar, and Scott was a little shakier. But anyway, let's read the let's read off the lineup. Scott started in goal goal. Serginio Dest at right back. Um, Chris Richards and Abubakar Keita at center back. Chris Gloucester at left back. Brandon Cervania at the six, Richie Ledesma and Paxson Pomacall at the sort of attacking mid positions ahead of him, and then we had our sort of standard front three of Conrad De La Fuente on the right wing, Sebastian Soto at striker, and Timmy Weah on the left wing. I'll say I I do think I was happy with the lineup primarily because Ledesma was in it, and I thought he looks really good in, in the toward the end of the Qatar match. And anybody who listens to this podcast knows I'm a huge Richie Ledesma stan. Um, but I, but I would have liked to see Ulianes come get a, get maybe a start today. I didn't think De La Fuente was mm-hmm. sharp and obviously mm-hmm. Uli was, um, 
but maybe that's yeah. maybe that's just the genius of Tab. He he knew he needed to make a high impact <laughs> sub in the in the middle of the second half, and that's how it worked out. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know, I, I think for Ecuador, that's a change that needs to be made. I think that that I, I've liked what I've seen um, from De La Fuente in moments uh, in this tournament. I think he's good, like really good on the ball, crafty on the dribble. Um, but his obviously his decision making in the final third isn't great. Um, he hasn't really supplied much uh, many dangerous crosses or dangerous balls to, to the striker Soto or uh, or other teammates. Kind of just kind of gets stuck and hesitates a little too much. Um, so I think that's a change that maybe we can can see for the Ecuador game. I think if you if you look at the the body of work at this point, four games, the Fuentes hasn't really overly impressed as, as, uh, even though he's shown little flashes of. of quality mm-hmm. um so i think i think that's something we could see uh in ecuador uh in the ecuador game um obviously uh you want to have a, a guy that can come off the bench and make an impact as well but if, if you, you know if you're seeing these types of performances off the bench you know it might be time to to give that player a start um however you know there's stuff that you know we haven't seen or heard you know this is he is he on his 90, 90 minutes fit yeah um can he go the distance uh, you know, that's stuff that goes on, you know, the coaches obviously dictate and see behind the scenes with the numbers, with, you know, with, with the, with the medical staff and everything. So, uh, the, the physical, the physical, uh, trainers. So, um, those are things that happen behind the scenes necessarily we're not privy to. And I don't know if there's a whole lot of media out there, um, covering this. So I don't know if we're going to get answer, those answers to, you know, if he's, if he's 90 minutes fit, if he's not, but I think if, if he's, if he is, or if he's close to it, I think you know maybe he gets the start against Ecuador, um, just given what he's shown in, in these last two substitute appearances. Yeah, and that's a that's a good point about Ledesma too. I mean, a lot of us, including me, of course, were lobbying for Ledesma to be in the lineup today, and he was, and he played. I thought he played very well when he got on the ball for the first thirty minutes or so, but he he definitely fell off. He was he was clearly not uh, fit to go ninety minutes. I probably not fit to go. 60 minutes if we're being honest so so that's a yeah a real concern yeah 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 no that's i mean that's that looks like obviously on the outside looking in you know there's always things that we say and, and think about and would like to see differently um but obviously on the inside uh there's the other stuff taken into consideration that that's not we don't necessarily get to to know firsthand um obviously in in a, a big tournament uh usually in most cases, there's you know there's media that ask questions at the games, um, so you can get a little bit of information with regards to you know why isn't this guy playing, why isn't that guy playing, or why is this guy starting, um, and that kind of fills the fills the holes. But obviously, with the U20 World Cup, there's there's not a whole lot of U.S. media, if any, uh, out there uh, covering the team. So we kind of just have to make do with what we see, and um, obviously take things into consideration. But I mean, at the end of the day, you have to go off of what you see and what you know. So. Yeah, yeah. I'll say one more, th- well, a couple more things about the lineup. I was a little surprised to see Keita over McKenzie. Um, mm-hmm. give, given McKenzie did get to go 90 minutes against Qatar, but uh, th- again, that may just be something on, happening on the training ground or like with the physios that we don't know about, and um, that could that's that's more than likely the explanation for that. And then I was a little bit worried about Sergino Dest against uh you know some high caliber wing attackers like we figured we'd be yeah. facing against France because he struggled somewhat against Ukraine I'm I'll go ahead and take an L on that I thought Des had an incredible 
game. And even though I would like to see Julian Araujo at some point in this tournament, and I think he's an excellent defender, I don't think there's any complaining about the way Des defended today. He was, I mean, I guess you could complain about his reaction on the second goal, but in the run of play, yeah. he was he was solid. This was probably his best game um, of the tournament. Um, obviously, yeah, I don't think he instilled much confidence in his previous appearances. I think today he gave you a little bit more. Uh, and on top of that, obviously, he hits that that shot from distance um, that, that Francis' goalkeeper spills and um, that gets gets knocked in by Renix for for the winner. So, um, you know, if if he can build off of this performance and replicate this as close as possible on on Saturday against Ecuador and then I think the U.S. stands a better chance of winning. If, if he reverts back to what we saw uh, in the group stage, which wasn't great, um, then, then I, think, uh, I, think, I think the U.S. might struggle in that regard because defensively, um, this group wasn't great against Ukraine. Um, he was at fault for, directly at fault for one of the goals, and then today he was also involved so, in one of them. So yeah. uh, definitely, you definitely want to see... Um, more of what you saw out of him today, even though he did have uh, a mistake at the back, um, more so than you saw against uh, against the Ukraine and, and in the group stage. Yep, yep. Encouraging, but for the most part, performance from him. And like you said, that hit that hit from distance was that was that ball was still rising when Lafont tried to corral it. I, we can talk more about that later. Okay, sure. Before we get into the action. Uh, we have a sponsor today. You don't have to say anything about this, Franco. So just let, <laughs> let me go. Let me go here. Uh, today's sponsor is AwayDaysFootball.com. They're the first ever scuffed pon- sponsor, an independent soccer clothing brand based in Boston. High quality products, cool company. They do several th- different things if you click around the website, but the hook is their mystery kits, which work like this. You go to AwayDaysFootball.com, spelled just like it sounds. You pay 25 bucks. You pick your jersey size, and a few days later, you receive an official club jersey in your size from somewhere in the world. You don't know where or what club until you open the package. It's a mystery. It's a great way to explore the wide world of football, the global game. The jerseys you get are typically from lesser-known clubs. No Premier League teams or boring juggernauts like Real Madrid, Barcelona, or Bayern, so you will be getting a unique jersey. Some customers use it as a way to start following teams they wouldn't have otherwise. You can even tell away days which teams or leagues you would like to avoid so you don't get a club you hate or one that is rivals with a club you already support. $25 is already a good price for a jersey, but all of our listeners will get a a discount code to make the price even better. Use the code SCUFFED to receive 15% off your entire order. That code is, let's say that code again, it's S-C-U-F-F-E-D. When you buy something with that code, you are supporting the podcast Check out awaydaysfootball.com. There's plenty of other interesting stuff there in addition to the mystery kits. Now, to the action of the game. Um, why, don't you, why don't you start us off, Franco? Like, what, what did you see to open the match? I mean, I'll, I'll just go off what I, you know, I put published on Twitter as well in the, in the aftermath of the game. I thought the result was superb, um, if not surprising. And I, but I thought the performance was subpar. I didn't think that the U.S. played very well uh, i think the, the substitutes made a difference uh and that was what 20 25 minutes into the second half but 20 25 minutes uh, of one half does not outweigh uh 65 to 70 minutes of, of overall subpar play um for me now that's you know obviously they got the result that's what matters the most yeah um obviously in the tournament so they move on they they play they live to fight another day but i think the performance needs to be better 
um, against Ecuador. Uh, obviously, Ecuador is not the same team as France. The U.S. should have the ball a little bit more and, and, and uh, be able to try to have more of the flow and then the tempo and be able to try to open up the opponent a little bit more than they could today, which they pretty much relied on, on counterattacks um, for, for much of the, much of the match. Um, so I thought the performance left a lot to be desired, but obviously at the end, they get the result. They showed a lot of fight, a lot of grit, a lot of, you know, they, they never gave up that, 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 that American uh, mentality, that toughness, that never say die attitude was very prevalent. Obviously, they go down two to one, um, and you know they don't they don't they didn't get rattled. They they kept going, they kept pushing, um, and then with the two subs, you know they kind of took over the game there at the end, and and they got the two goals um, that they needed to to, to to flip the script and, and turn the game around. So um, a lot of fight, a lot of heart, um, some quality in, in the in the final third, a very good efficiency uh, in terms of just the chances that they created and how many of those they took well. Um, Soto again was, was really good in, in that regard up top as, as the number nine, which is what you want from your number nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but again, just defensively, there was mistakes. They didn't get on the ball that much. They, you know, the first half was, was, was for me, was really bad. Um, you know, obviously they, they got the goal that took the lead, but, um, you know, then defensive mistakes happen again. I thought the, the decision from, from tab, I mean, I don't know what you thought, but the decision from tab to, to have them press high, um, when it was 1-0 and on, on a goal kick, and then that leads to to the direct attack that that gave you know that allowed France to get their their equalizer was was uh, bizarre. But I mean, I, I, I was here for the for the roundtable interview he had in New York um, before the World Cup started. He said, "Look, uh, if we're going to go out of this tournament, we're going to go out going for it. Um, so we're just going to we're going to go at teams and go that way." I I get that, but when you're up 1-0 on France, a team that that is favored and um, probably more talented than you are, then I don't know if, if trying to press them high up the field is all that smart. Obviously, it came back to, to bite them on that play. They gave up a goal, but they found, in the end, you know, they, they found a way. Um, and and it, overall, it's it's a, it's an enjoyable result for the program and for fans, but I think the performance uh, needs to needs to be better. Yeah, I in a lot of ways I agree with you. I think, and I think the performance could be better. That's the thing that, that I guess that's the thing that's encouraging to me is I think they, uh, particularly in the first the first thirty minutes, um, Ledesma. I thought Ledesma was sharp. You know, when he could get on the ball, he could he was able to find people's feet. He was able to like break down a, a defender. There were a couple times where he where he moved the ball. He p- could pro- progress the ball forward with some sort of technique and and class, but I didn't think anybody else was sharp in the first 30 minutes. Like, um, Pomacall wasn't sharp. Soto wasn't sharp. Uh, um, Wea and Conrad were, I mean, they, there've been vast stretches of this tournament where neither of, neither of those two has been sharp. And, and I would say the opening half hour of this game was, was right along, right in that vein. Um, and we got the, so we got the goal. Maybe we'll just go ahead and go to the goal. Uh, it came on a it came on a counterattack, as you alluded to. Mm-hmm. Sylvania wins the ball off a French attacker in our defensive third, and it and it sort of bounces to Ledesma, and then Ledesma just dribbles straight down the field, which you know it looks pretty easy. But I don't know that we have another midfielder who can do that and then be sort of relied upon to play a perfectly timed, perfectly weighted through ball at the end of that run. 
the way he did that. I think that's I think you know Mendez Mendez does a lot of things well. He doesn't do that. Pomacall can drive the the ball forward, but I don't know if he has that sort of class for the final ball that Ledesma showed in mm. that in that moment. And then you know Soto for Soto who timed his run perfectly. It was a it was a pretty easy chance once he got once he got on the end of it right. I mean, he had two or three seconds to two or three beats to settle himself. And I mean, he still had to open up his hips and and, yeah. and, and place it well, which I thought he did a really good job at. Um, yeah, know, I don't want to take open up their hips as well and, and shoot it wide. So I, I do agree with you on the through ball. Uh, obviously, it's a quality through ball. I feel like that's something that the U.S. has lacked in the group stage, like that that ability to break a defense uh, down that way. Or uh, obviously against Ukraine when they were when they were sitting with numbers behind the ball. Kind of, you, you need that uh, that option. You need to have that option in your repertoire, that that weapon in your repertoire to to break down in defense. And and obviously today, you know, you play a through ball in behind. You have some space. You, you wait. You wait it well, and, and you give your 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 striker a chance of putting it away and and, and scoring a goal, which is what they did. Um, so I think the U.S. needs more of that as well to just have that um, as another weapon because obviously this team can knock the ball around. Uh, we've seen that in through four through four games. Uh, not in every game, but we've seen that they can knock the ball around and move it well. Um, but it's it's their end product that's kind of been a little lacking. Um, obviously, they scored three goals today, so uh, you know people people might be like, "Wait, what?" No, but obviously, yeah. like you said, like a lot of these, one goal came off of goalkeeper mistake, which we found out after the match. Um, uh, the goalkeeper has a an injured wrist. Um, their the, their coach said that uh, after the match, he was playing with an injured wrist. Oh no, um, I didn't know and, that. That it, it, I just saw, I just saw it on Twitter. Um, so that that could explain uh, the howler because obviously it's a, it was a pretty bad mistake on his end. Um, and then and then the, the the first goal comes off a counterattack again with a great through ball in behind. But uh, again, I think that would be a good weapon to have in the repertoire is just to have someone that can play that 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 through ball because obviously Mendes has shown he can shoot from distance, free kicks from the run of play. He can he can fire accurately and, and potently from distance. Um, but we haven't seen enough of those those balls played in behind um, on a, on a regular basis. I think there was one that Mendes hit to Tim Weah that that was saved against uh, Nigeria, maybe. Yeah, um, I mean Mendes. I'd say Mendes plays a gorgeous through ball. It's just like he can't. He's not going to carry the ball thirty yards and then play a gorgeous through ball. You know, he's he, he's right. never going to do that. He's not the kind of player he is. And mm. pa- Pomacal is going to carry the ball thirty yards, but. He's yet to carry the ball 30 yards and then have something result from it in this tournament. Right, right. right. I, I mean, I've definitely, uh, I definitely would like to see more from Pomacall in this tournament. I haven't seen enough of him. Um, I know people like 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 his dribbling and like his ability on the ball, um, but in terms of uh, creating and, and setting up teammates, um, I haven't seen enough of that from him um, in, in the three games he's played in. Yeah, I... C- <laughs> I tend to agree. I thought, you know, he's Pomacall's getting a lot of praise after this game, and I thought if there's something to praise him for, it's his work, his work rate, especially down the stretch, like down the last 30 minutes or so. But in the in the first 60 minutes or 70 minutes of the game, he was he was not efficient at all, and um, yeah, that 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 prevented us from getting any sort of grip on the game, as you've sort of alluded to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like again, France is obviously a talented team. Um, you know, they were they were going to have their their share of the possession, um, but I thought 
the U.S. would have had a little bit more um, than they did, especially in that, in that first half. Um, obviously, things changed a bit in the second half, especially after the subs um, were made uh, by, by Tab. But uh, in the first half, it was just, it was just not good. They just, they just didn't get on the ball uh, uh, enough. And when they did get on the ball, they didn't keep the ball. Uh, I think, I'm trying to remember which play it was, but uh, it might have been Ledesma, actually, or... or yeah, I think it was Ledesma. There was a play in, in midway through the first half where he just got on the ball and he was kind of in in that defensive mid six spot, um, picking up the ball. And then he tried to hit a pass to the to the left wing, the left flank, and it just went out of bounds. And France just got the ball back and had another long stretch uh, of of possession. So um, yeah, the U.S. just didn't do enough. Didn't do enough. But obviously they're up against a tough opponent, so you have to give France obviously their merit, their credit um, in that regard. But you still have to feel like the U.S. could do more and could do better, given what they've shown um, and given what they were trying to do. It wasn't like they were trying to park the bus and, and play with numbers behind the ball. They were trying to stay organized, uh, obviously, but they weren't trying to just throw numbers back. They, they wanted to have some of the ball, um, and they weren't just, just weren't very good at, at keeping the ball um, in that first half. Yeah, I'd agree. And France was and France was coming for that equalizer, basically, from opening kickoff. They had two, two crosses fizz across the face of goal, before we scored, one of them was just missed. The other was kind of headed inexplicably over over the well, crossbar. That was because the that was because the, the cross was um, hit too hard. From the, from the, was was hit too hard and a little bit behind him. So yeah. like he could he couldn't redirect his head and his neck to to put that on frame because it was behind him. So okay, it was explicable. It was explicable. I mean, it was. It was obviously it was it was a chance that France probably wishes they could have done better on, but I, I would put that more on on the cross and, and the service than than the striker for. I mean, he he tried he tried to get his neck around it, whip his head around it, but it, obviously it's just behind him and, and a little too hard. Yeah, yeah, totally fair, totally fair. And then <laughs> and then um, Cuisance, Cuisance, however you say it, he hit the post on a bit of clever work in the box off a mm-hmm. looping cross that was. That was very close to being a goal, and then the goal did come. And as you mentioned earlier, it was because we were playing pretty high. We were pressing high at that point, up 1-0. And I, I think there was some naivete from several parties on this on this goal. Gloucester, first of all, who has had an excellent tournament, plays a volleyed pass toward the middle of the field when we're pressing high, and it gets cut out, picked up by Musa Diaby and... He drives toward goal in a 3v2, partly because Brandon Cervania, who's playing the six, is sucked up too high, which I, mm-hmm. if I have one criticism of him on the defensive side of the ball, it's that he, he did have a tendency to get a little bit ahead of himself, get too far up, and then I wanted him to more stay home, and this was an example of that. 3v2, Diaby uh, draws Keda inside a little bit, uh, slips it outside to, who was it, Guri? And and Gary um, slots it past Scott pretty easily. I feel like Achoa would have done better there, but maybe I'm just being mean to Brady Scott. Um, one one. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, I mean you you could nitpick. Uh, I think it's fair to say you know maybe Scott could have come off his line a little bit earlier to try to close that down. I think that's fair. Um, but I you know the overall play you just described to me, and I think I mentioned it earlier. I think that falls on tab a little bit more. Because um, when I saw when I saw the, the the play initiate, when you see you know the goalkeeper getting set up for for the goal kick, and you see uh, U.S. with numbers in, in advanced positions, so they're trying to press the ball, and not let them build out of the back. Uh, I was like, oh, you guys are leading. You don't need to be pressing that far high against a team that's shown that they can build through the back. 
Uh, I, I thought that was dangerous as soon as he put the ball down and you saw the, the, the numerical um, positioning. You saw where the players were. And then obviously it comes, it ends up coming right down, down the, down, down the U.S.'s throat and it ends up in a France goal. I think that falls more on tab um, in that moment than, than the players. Um, I don't, I, I do, like I said, I think tab, tab, turned it around in, in the second half and pushed all the right buttons in the, in the second half. Um, but I think that goal was more on him than it was on, on the players. Obviously they didn't execute and, um, you know, didn't, didn't do the job they needed to do. Uh, but I think that, that that's more on management. Just if you have numbers be- back and maybe more in towards midfield, they're not going to beat you with you know, just the straight ball through and behind. So yeah. um, I thought, I thought that, that, that one was on tab. Um, more so than, than the players. Yeah, that's totally fair too. So we go into the half 1-1. I think probably glad to be uh, equal with France at the moment. And France comes out of the second half. I thought I saw them coming out with uh, less of a press than they had in the first half. Like something like a Well, they adjusted. Yeah, they definitely press. adjusted. There was, there was one, one play, I, I think, a few minutes in where they lost the ball. Um, and they quickly got back into shape. I think I think their striker was even starting to pointing um, to a mid- center midfielder behind them to take up uh, the space and, and stay compact and organized because they knew how deadly the U.S. was on the counterattack. Uh, you know, the U.S. didn't play great in the first half, but the chances they did get um, and the looks they got, I think there was three uh, notable ones. Uh, they all came from either quick, quick counterattacks or uh, you know a turnover. On, by a French player that ended up um, in a shot or, or an opportunity. Um, I think Ledesma had a shot. Tim Weah had a, an opportunity to, to chip the keeper. And I think he mishit it or the keeper got a piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think France realized that at halftime. They made that adjustment. They said, you know what? Like, if we lose the ball, we don't need to press high and then try to win it back right away because um, this team can can hurt us with a quick with a quick ball in behind or uh, some, some balls to the outside or direct balls over the top. So. Um, I think they they kind of were like, all right, let's let's just make it difficult on them as well, um, and, and I think that's that's what you saw in the second half um, from them and why why they made that adjustment. It was a cagier a cagier France we faced in the second half. They would it's almost like they were trying to bait us into playing the ball into the middle and then and then pressure pressure the person with the ball maybe closer to the center circle and try to win win the transition battle there. But they um, they. Did continue to dominate the game, and as I, minus the way I read it, Chris Gloucester was overlapping up the left side pretty regularly, um, trying to get something going in the attack. And for there was a stretch there where every time he overlapped, they would they would get the ball back and hit us on that flank. And two times in a row, Abubakar Keita was was isolated with Musa Diaby and he was not up to the task, which is not necessarily a, not necessarily a criticism of Keita. I mean, he's a center back facing a very, very good attacking player from PSG, but, uh, he got roasted in the 55th minute <laughs> yeah. and Diaby slipped a shot under Scott at the near post, dinked off the post. And then it kind of bounces back towards the penalty marker. Dest was the closest American to it, but he, he didn't deal with it immediately, and then it kind of got away from him, and he lost a 50-50 ball with Nabil Aliui, and Aliui's challenge went right into the goal. I guess you call it a shot. It was kind of just like a tackle that went right into the goal. 2-1 France, and to me, at that point, it looked like a lost cause. 
I mean, yeah, I, I, it, you know, uh, like you said, um, Kato one on one, it doesn't seem like he can he can put out fires all that well or all that consistently when he's in one on one situations and has a lot of space to cover against an attacker, um, and that was what we saw there. But again, if if your player is not capable of doing that, then you know he, he needs some help and. Um, you know, giving Diaby that much space against him, and Diaby's so shifty and so quick, um, that that's not a recipe for success. So that part of that falls on Gloucester as well for you know, getting forward and, and, and leaving so much space in behind. Yeah. Um, obviously, the U.S. wants to go for it, and they're trying to get numbers forward, and, and but you also have to be aware of, of of your of your assignment, and and obviously know be aware of what your teammate can and can't do. Um, and so obviously that. That play is not a great play defensively from start to finish. Uh, Gloucester's too high, uh, leaves leaves too much space, uh, and Keita gets burned uh, on, on the dribble. Um, and then obviously there's a lot of ball watching going on as the ball hits off the post and comes back out. You know, if you're a little more alert, a little more aware, uh, you can attack that ball and get it out before before it gets to another France player um, for another shot on goal. And just kind of fell asleep, just waiting to see what was going to happen, as opposed to getting to the ball. Um, and, and that's why you saw France score a second one. Um, you know, it it seemed like like it was France's from the taking. You know, the U.S. hadn't shown uh, much up to that point to be like, all right, you know, they're gonna they're gonna get back in this one. But I, again, I guess we'll get to that in a second. But to, then Tab, you know, made the changes he made, and and and, and that that tilted the game in, in the U.S.'s favor. Yeah, let's get to that right now. So that's basically the next big thing that happens. Double substitution. Who came on for who? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, okay, I, I got it. Renix came in for... Yeah, Renix for Ledesma and Ulianes yeah. for Conrad De La Fuente um, in the 63rd yeah. minute. And yeah, I, to- I agree with you. Totally changed the game. We've... Uli's been Uli was dangerous against Qatar. He was again dangerous against France. I think one of his first involvements, he got on he got on a loose ball, took like four very aggressive touches, and then uh, you know ripped a ripped a shot that went over the crossbar. Um, and Renix, you know, Renix wasn't as bright for me on the ball, but he did a lot of harassment of the French back line. Which I do think had an impact on the game. Did you, did you see it that way, or am I wrong? Well, I, I think that he just brought some fresh legs, and I think something else that that came into effect that, that played a part uh, was that Diaby looked to have taken a knock, if not two, um, because after the after those two plays where he kind of went down for a bit, he was not the same again, and you, you didn't see him do get on the ball all that much anymore. You didn't see him have the same impact that he had in the, in, you know, the 60 minutes prior um, to that. I, I forget who, who clipped him on one play near the right flank where he went down and had to get, had to get looked at. And then I think there was another play where a few minutes later where there, where France was attacking and he, he kind of fell over the ad board. I think it was right before the subs were made. Actually, I, he falls over the ad board behind the goal he doesn't get up. You don't like the, the the shot. The camera was still on the goal, was still on on the play uh, at that at that end. But you never see him get back up, despite it being a few seconds. Hmm. Um, and France was playing with ten men at that time. I remember tweeting out at the moment. I was like, "Oh, this is a chance for the U.S. to to take you know advantage of their numerical advantage that they have." Um, because Diaby's out, uh, and then they, I think he checked back in 
to the game two or three minutes later, the cameras didn't show if he got checked out by by the medical staff or what. Um, but he didn't. He wasn't the same after that. Um, so I think that is part as well of, of why the U.S. subs can come in and, and make such an impact because uh, France lost its biggest threat, its biggest playmaker, um, and, and it's his ability to pull the strings and go at defenders. So. I also think that, you know, France in general just thought that the game was wrapped up. And the U.S., on the other hand, um, and this is where, I, you know, I give the team a lot of credit. They stuck with it. They, they, they didn't think it was over. They didn't put their heads down, and they just fought through um, and, and kept going until they, until they got not only the equalizer um, off a, a great, great sublime pass, um, bit of magic again from, from, from Tim Weah, um, but yeah. also a, a great finish from from Soto there to to set to set it up, um, and then obviously the the, the third goal. Yeah, the seventy fourth minute one uh, was an I would say a very nice team goal up the left flank. Uh, it should be said it started with a pass from Keita to Gloucester, um, kind of th- broke the lines a little bit there, and then Gloucester to Ulianes. And then Ulianes steps around a guy and then zips a pass to Wea, who's who's right in zone 14, right at the top of the box. And he, like you said, a delightful outside-of-the-boot pass. But kind of made it look like he was going to do something else. I'm not sure what the French defenders thought he was going to do otherwise, but he he played that pass, and uh, Soto was in behind, and he he finished it with aplomb, as they say. <laughs> Um, but that's a, that's that that's that ability to unlock a defense with just one pass that um, we haven't seen enough of that throughout this tournament. That was obviously a moment of quality from Tim Weah, and it leads to a goal, you know, because it puts it puts the attacker, uh, it surprises the defense, catches the defense off guard. They're not expecting that, you know, that type of that type of pass, that type of ball, and then it puts your, your striker in in a in a prime position to, to 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 put a chance away, which is what what we saw, and which is why the game was at two to two. Uh, and then from there, there was just full belief for the U.S. that hey, we, we can we can do this. Um, yeah. Whereas France was kind of like, oh, what the, oh crap, we just got smacked in the mouth. And, and their response to that wasn't wasn't great. Yeah, and I would argue, not to nitpick here, but I would argue that that goal. I mean, we did unlock the defense with one pass, but anytime a defense has like somebody with the ball facing the goal. 23 yards from goal that's a situation you don't want to be in as a defense so i would say the whole you know the whole the whole move unlocked the defense you know starting with starting with keita in the back i mean it was a to me that was a great team goal it was obviously the way a pass was the key to it but you don't get way in that spot that many times in a game against france i don't i, I don't i can't think of another instance where he was in that exact spot so i want to give credit to everybody on that <laughs> I mean, it's it's fair. It's fair. I, I didn't think the ball played too well. It was nice, but again, that the way as pass makes the goal. Way doesn't hit that ball if he just collects it and, and and holds it for a second or or looks to play to his left or his right. Um, then that goal probably doesn't happen because France will get their numbers back. He unlocked the center back. He, if you watch the replay, the center back flips around. He just he like rotates like a like a dreidel because he just spins like a top because he just didn't expect that pass and yeah he loses his mark and he just he just threw him off completely um to me the way a pass is is the key obviously there's stuff that happens before that that helps out and obviously leads to it but if where doesn't aggressively play that forward if where doesn't where doesn't aggressively think you know what let me play this with the outside part of my my right my right my right uh cleat then then that goal probably doesn't happen and, and the u.s is probably still still behind so Absolutely. i, I give 
a lot of a lot of kudos to Tim Ware um, for that. They're just that that genius moment there, that that moment of brilliance. Um, and he's had he's had a couple of those now in back to back games, uh, which is encouraging. If if you're going into this next game, because maybe he's finding uh, a little bit more of a rhythm with this team, which he, he hasn't played with before. Um, because like you said earlier, I think he, he's been invisible for large stretches uh, and he's been quiet for large stretches. Yeah. Um, but if he can make plays like did today and if he can make plays like he did against uh, Qatar, then uh, that bodes well for the U.S. because he is he is the, the most experienced player on, on the squad. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. It was, I mean, another another choice he could have made that he didn't make was to shoot from there. You know, a lot of players would try to would try to create their own shot from that spot. And thank goodness he didn't do that and instead played a very, very good pass. The like you said, after that the US seemed full of belief. Let's uh let's talk about the third goal, the game winner. It I know that there was a a way a shot, but I for, that was deflected out to desk, but I forget how what led up to that. What how did how did Wea get on the ball there? Do you remember? On the third goal? Yeah. I don't. I don't remember. Okay. Um, that, that, at, that, at that point, I was already trying to type up the craziness from yeah. the second goal for for the gamer um, on SBI. So I was just trying to, to. Obviously, I was in between the game and and, and typing. So yeah, um, no, no problem, no problem. I don't remember. So either, I don't. So I don't. I don't, no I don't remember here. exactly. I just. I just remember Dest ripping it, uh, and I saw the goalkeeper spill it, and then Renick's obviously alertly uh, following following up and, and pushing it home. Oh yeah, no wait, I got it now. It was a it was a like a fifty fifty ball that Pomacall went in one hundred percent on, uh, won the challenge. It went it went straight to Wea. Wea took a shot from about the same spot we were just talking about earlier. It was blocked, and it it it's spun out to Dest on coming up the right flank. Dest, like you said, had one from distance. It was it was well hit, but perhaps aided by an injured wrist for the French goalkeeper Lafont. Lafont spilled it. Renix was heady on the play. He comes in and cleans up the rebound. We're up 3-2, and it's the 83rd minute. And from there, it's just a matter of uh, of seeing out the game, basically, right? Yeah, I mean, at that point, I, I think Tabaret almost thought the same thing. He put he threw in uh, McKenzie there as his final sub uh, and took off Soto um, just, just to try to close that one out and, and finish it off. Um, so... I think the U.S. did a good job of, of closing it down. I don't, I don't remember a France, uh, a dangerous France opportunity. I don't um, either. After af, after after the U.S. went up uh, three to two, um, so I, I think they did a good job defensively of closing it down. Um, but again, for me, uh, the overall performance—you know—we've talked a lot about the goals and, and what happened um, during those final 20-25 minutes and substitutes. Um, but I think the, the overall performance was concerning in terms of just not enough, not, not, not what you want to see um, from this U.S. team. I think, you know, the result kind of is masking it a little bit because the U.S. won and obviously shocked France. And But I think the performance within the result, um, I, I think that left, you know, like I said before, something to be desired, something that needs to be improved upon. I'm sure when they, when they train this week, I think, you know, obviously it's a different opponent, but I think Tab, Tab's going to, have the guys, you know, look at some film and go to go to the, on the field and be like, look, we need to work on this. We need to do better with this because, you know, we, we can't keep giving up the ball cheaply. We can't keep having these defensive mistakes because, you know, it's going to be tough to keep coming back back from them. Yeah, 
Yeah, it needs to be it needs to be cleaner and get and the, the giving the ball away cheaply, especially early in the game, really puts you on the back foot, and that's what happened to us for sure. We ended up being outpossessed, sixty two percent to thirty eight percent, and um, yeah, you know, all the stats were in France's favor except for the except for the one that really matters. I guess I saw st- some stats that our XG was higher than theirs, which speaks to like you know what you said earlier <laughs> about us about us having better, you know, taking advantage better of our chances. I'm not a know. big I'm not a big XG person in general. It's just like not I'm just not not into that that stat, but I think, you know, obviously like I said, efficiency, I, somebody asked me on Twitter um, cuz I said it wasn't a great performance. Like I, like I've said here on on the podcast. You've made that clear. Um, You've made that clear, yeah. Franco. So, so someone someone asked me what do I think is a great performance? And I think a great performance uh, is, you know, one in which you dictate the tempo. Um, you create clear-cut chances, several clear-cut chances. You finish the majority of those, and you defend well. I think that's what leads to a great performance. Um, now, what did the U.S. do well today in terms of in terms of hitting those check marks? Did they defend well in, in, in spots in spurts? Did they take their chances well? Yes. Did they create a lot of chances? Not really. Did they dictate the tempo? Not really. Um, they took their chances well. And they showed hell of a heart, hell of a fight um, in those final 20, 25 minutes, not giving up, not saying this is over. And that's something, you know, to Tab's credit, when we had that, that roundtable discussion, he said, you know, so I, I forget who asked him, might have been Ivis, um, you know, what's, difference about, what's the difference with this U.S. U-20 team that maybe the other ones don't have? And he said, um, you know, th- th- there's times where he's, you know, uh, worried or nervous about certain things or, or games or moments and in games. And th- this team always has had that kind of like, you know, don't worry, coach, calm down. We got this. We'll take care of this. They've always had this, this swagger um, and confidence about themselves. So that is what I think we saw in those 20, 25 minutes. They were down against France. Uh, they had given up the lead and yet they still have found a way to, to stay in the game and, and create chances uh, that led to, to that led to goals for them. So, um, hell of hell of a fight from them. Uh, great mentality, uh, which is something we haven't seen much of uh, from the senior U.S. team in, in recent years. Right, um, right. So, I think that that's encouraging. I think that's that's promising. I think that's something that U.S. fans should be excited about. Um, but again, in terms of the overall performance, I think that has to be better. I think it needs to be better um, against Ecuador on Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game. I would agree. I, w- I guess I would be very specific about what I thought wasn't good enough. Like like you, I think the the cleanliness on the ball uh, to just give ourselves a chance to keep the ball for a little while could have been so much better, could have been sh- so much better, and should have been so much better, particularly in the first half, first 10, tw- 20 minutes of the second half. I thought if Cervania and Gloucester are a little more aware of – of the situation and a little more aware defensively, then we we probably give don't give up two goals. I think I th- I thought we defended fairly resolutely, particularly Dest and Richards. Richards has been excellent all tournament. Gloucester's been excellent most of the tournament, but he was getting caught upfield and isolating Kada back. So if you know if one of Gloucester or Savania had been a little bit more responsible for for saying like, look, we gotta we gotta make sure we get numbers behind the ball, that. That I think that changes a lot for us, you know, in this game, and that those would be my main complaints. I also would have liked to see David Ochoa in goal, 
But at yeah. this point, water under the bridge, we just beat France in the U20 World Cup. So can't I can't complain too much about the lineup <laughs> choices, you know. Right, right, right. I, again, I thought, you know, Choa for me, that, that was the one maybe switch he could have made um, after after the Qatar game. But, I mean, that's, that's, that's over the, the crux of the game, that, that, that probably doesn't influence um, uh, as much as maybe another change would have. So I think that, I think we'll, we might see some changes in, in other spots uh, for Ecuador, but, you know, we'll see what, we'll see what Tab does in, in five days. Who would you start? So the big question going going into the Ecuador game is for the U.S. is who's going to be the starting midfield? Who are who are going to be the three guys playing in the midfield to start the game? Who would you start? Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting question. I actually haven't given much thought to it, so I'm put him in the spot here. But wing I, it. If I had to, if I had to, yeah, if I had to tell you right now, uh, uh, I I wouldn't start Durkin, man. I, I wouldn't. I know I know some people out today like, oh, you got to get him back in there. And, uh, but I think I think I'd keep. Uh, Sylvania, I think, uh, I think, I, I think I like Mendes. I like what I see from Mendes. I, I keep Mendes in there. Um, and then, and then, yeah, I get, I get a, and I stick with, 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 uh, with Paxton as well. Um, just, just keep that, that midfield, the midfield, well, not keep that midfield three because his Durkin, um, would come out, but I think I would go with that three. Uh, that's what I'm, yeah, feel, that's I, what I'm feeling right yeah. now too. I would, I would do the same exact thing. I, I, and I think Ledesma would be a good option off the bench for Mendez after an hour or so because Mendez hasn't looked like he's 90 minutes fit either in this tournament, if we're being honest. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that, yeah, that, that, that again, you're, I was trying to make sure I wasn't missing anybody or, or blanking on anybody, but I was like, I think that that, that would be my, my midfield three at, at this point if I'm, if I'm, if I'm tab going, it's thinking about Saturday. A lot of people, a lot of people would like to see Edwin Cerillo or would have liked to see him today. He's the FC Dallas yeah. midfielder, but at, at, this, at this point, I think it's tough that, to see Tab. You know, if he hasn't played somebody by now, I think it's Tab. For, it's, sorry, tough for Tab to start somebody um, in a quarterfinal game who hasn't who has yet to see a minute um, in this competition. I mean, he could surprise us, I guess, but I, I have a hard time seeing that happen. He's good to have in case of emergency, but my understanding is. He uh, he had a very bad pre-tournament friendly against Uruguay, and and that I think that hurt really hurt his chances of playing time with Tab, which is too bad because he's a good he's a good young player and but you know you can't blame a coach too much for that kind of thing. Um, yeah, how about you? You think Uli should be starting on on the wing on Saturday? Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's. Again, assuming let's say assume we're all assuming here that everybody like, that he's ninety minutes fit uh, or close to ninety minutes fit, close to ninety minutes fit, I think he gets the start. Now, if there's stuff going on behind the scenes in terms of his fitness, he's not there. Then I mean they're gonna have to go to La Fuente again. Um, but if again we're gonna assume that they're on somewhat level playing field in terms of their fitness, then yeah, I would start. I would start him. Um, over to La Fuente just because La Fuente hasn't hasn't shown that much, and I've I've liked what I've seen. I liked what I saw from him early on in the tournament um, in terms of his his created creativity on the dribble and his, his ability to, to to shift move past defenders and his marker. Um, but yeah, at the, at this point, La Fuente hasn't shown enough in the final third, enough end product to to still warrant inclusion for me. Okay. Okay. Anything else we should we should be mentioning here? Or we we pretty much covered it, right? Yeah, I mean, look, this this team is a huge result, um, and, and 
the U.S. again, the U.S. program and the fans should enjoy this one. It's a big, big, big result. Um, and obviously now there's there's a chance Ecuador is is a beatable team. Um, so there is a chance of getting to the semifinals. Uh, I had this U.S. team going uh, quarterfinals just based off their depth um, and their talent. I thought semifinals is, is a little bit much. I thought that was a bit extreme um, of, a, of a prediction. Um, I didn't think that there, I thought there was too much hype behind behind this team making it to the semifinals, but we'll see. They're a game away now, um, and it's against a, uh, an opponent that is beatable. So um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how they do on Saturday. I, you know, I, I'll be. I'll, I'll own it if you know if they make it through and, and they get to the semifinals because obviously um, it'd be quite an accomplishment um, to get to the semifinals and beat France on the way there. Um, that that'd be a, an impressive uh, an impressive tournament. I mean, you didn't expect them to beat France, right? No, 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 no. Yeah. I, 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 quarterfinals was before the tournament started. Yeah. Um, just because of obviously the last two teams have gone to quarterfinals, and this team is deeper um, than that team. I just I thought semifinals, final four was just I thought that's a step too far. Um, we'll, we'll we'll see. I, I mean, I guess I guess my my prediction can still be correct. Um, but you know, today's result obviously I didn't see that coming. I did not expect them to be friends. Yeah. Didn't, like. I mean, I don't. I don't know how many people did. No, I don't think anybody come. did. Yeah. You know, you know. I mean, so, hey, listen. I, you know, I'm fans of other teams and other sports, so I know that you know when you're excited about your team and your chances, and you know that can lead to for for fans to be. You know, we're confident we're going to get this one. But on, on on the media side, I don't. I mean, I don't know how how you could pretty much thought the U.S. was going to beat France, um, and then given the way the game transpired. I don't, you know, it didn't it didn't seem like it was going to happen, but you know, it's soccer. That's it's, the, it's why it's a beautiful game. Um, you don't need to be the be- the better team um, from the run of play to to, to, to pull out a result. Um, and this is why it, le- it leads to so much debate, and dialogue, and conversation uh, all around the world, just because uh, there's so many so many little things that, that make up a game and, and it make up a result. So, yeah, I will say, man, Ecuador is no joke. They they won the Common Ball U20 Championship. They apparently went toe to toe with Italy, even down a man in the group, and you know, and still got out of the group. So, I don't expect I don't expect this one to be easy at all. I'm, I'm sure you don't either. But um, I, I I don't I don't think it'll be easy. But I think uh, the US will have more of the ball, obviously, than they did today. I'd be surprised if that wasn't the case. Um, I think Ecuador will will be able, will play uh, obviously attack minded, um, and I think that'll leave some space in behind for the US to. To try to attack. Um, now, just you know, I think the key to that one will be the defending. Um, in terms of you know, can you can you can you s- shut down Ecuador um, and, and their attack? So uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Um, it's been like I said, it's been a mixed bag. It's been a bit in terms of performance. It's been a mixed bag over the course of the tournament. Yeah, we'll need to we'll need to come out sharp on Saturday. Needless to say. All right, Franco. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me on and uh, for having me talk some, some soccer with you. Yeah, check it, check the show notes for links to his like article page and Twitter bio, which is pretty easy to find. Most of you probably already follow him. Uh, thanks again. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you.